Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I had an, an incident, um, and it's about freedom. It's still, and so we'll nail it with this message. The series on freedom, we'll nail, nail it with this one. Amen? And so I was standing on the property, and I was standing to a, a young man. He's probably about 40. And um, I know his dad. His dad's a pretty tough guy, business guy too. And, um, and he, this guy's literally taking about 10 years to even be able to, you know, shoot the breeze with him about personal stuff, by the way. You know when there's some people you just can't share anything personal, they just don't want to know. But this guy actually allowed me for about 40 minutes to talk about um, this predicament he's in where his dad is basically shut down in his heart. Uh, he, he's not free to love him. So I'm talking about this 40-year-old son but he has a father, about 75, very successful businessman. But he's, the, the father's finding it hard to love his son, and he's still in competition with his son. You know what I mean? Whereas a real father should go, son, here, take my business, go for it. You know, do more than I ever did. But his father's still in that Aussie battler mode. He's built this business up, and of course he's been doing it for probably 50 years. He's not going to let go of that too easily, and he's not quite sure if he can trust his son. I think that could be a, an issue too, amen? But I know for a fact that the father, and I know the father, his heart is probably shut down a little bit. So I said, what about your father's father? What's he like? Oh, he's, oh man, he's a tough old bugger, he is. And then I went, right, so that's why your father's probably like that. All right, so your, your grandfather was a tough old bugger, and, and, and that he's instilled that in, in your father, and now your father's given you that same temperament and same deal. And so, but listen, you know, I'm a Christian, you know we are, we're a church, but, you know, Jesus says that, um, you know, that, that love overcomes that sort of stuff, that if you, if you allow yourself to try and fight fire with fire, and he, because he said, yeah, we just had a child. This is the young man, 40. He said, we just had a child about six months old, and my father won't come see it. You know, he refuses to even express any love, or he, he just, just won't stop working. He's a seven-day-week guy, you know, and he won't even come visit my, you know, what is that? And he, and he starts to get mad with me. I said, hang on. I said, you know, I said, let's take it easy on this guy. Let, let's, let's believe that that, um, you know, that he can change firstly, and, and he can change if you stop dishonoring him, but if you stop getting, you know, upset with him and begin to maybe still honor him, which is a tough gig, but to love him, and I'm sure things are going to turn around. In that, I was able to do, explain the heart, and I was able to explain forgiveness, and I was able to explain, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17 thereabouts. It says, if we forgive them, they shall be forgiven. 
This is what it says about forgiveness. If we forgive this other party that we're knocked about, that we're upset about, offended about, if we forgive them, God will forgive them so that we can be forgiven. Two, then it says, to outwit Satan's plans. Outwit Satan. Satan loves to cause division. Brother and brother, sister and sister. How many, how many people do you know when... you? you the family grew up, they just went like that. It's a precious thing when a family hangs tight, like Julie's family is magnificent in this, and I know there's other families here that they hung tough, you know, they, and we have these big family gatherings, and it's awesome. And um, it's, it's, it's about being released from the bondage of being offended and being able to love. And as I'm explaining this to this guy, in, in layman's terms, I suddenly realized this is fantastic what we've got to offer. To be able to stand with people and say, you can be, you can be set free from that predicament of being offended with your loved one, with your father, with your mother, with your brother, your sister. You can be set free. And this guy, as I'm speaking to, this, speaking to him about this, he's, he's, he's saying... I could see him, it was registering in him that, my God, I could probably, I might be able to love this old bugger, maybe. I might be able to do this. Maybe I have been coming at him with the same spirit, and and, and for years it's not been working, and maybe I need to change my game plan. Amen? And I says, Jesus' number one message was forgiveness. Bible says in Luke 17 verse 1 that we, will, that we will have opportunity to be offended every day. Wow. So have you been offended yet this morning, today? Have I offended you? Sorry. <laughs> so every Jesus says, you, okay, you're part of the human race. You're going to have opportunity to be offended every day. And that's why Jesus' number one Sermon, number one message was forgiveness. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, that you may stand in my glorious love because you're forgiven and you're forgiven others and that you can live this gay old life. Amen? This wonderful life with a smile on your dial, not critical, not cynical, not second-guessing people, not mistrusting, that you can actually... Love people. Imagine being able to love anyone. Just stand there and, and, and be able to just, just love them. Not grimacing and, oh, yeah, I know your type. I know you. Yeah, that's right. I know one of you. Yeah, in school. That's right. At work. Yeah, I know one of you. Yeah. But to be able to stand there and be free to love anyone is an amazing thing. And we take it for granted. Amen? Freedom is so much more, and I said last week, freedom is so much more dramatic, or salvation is so much more dramatic than what we think. And I explained last week about my two friends that got saved off the coast of South Africa, that they were floating, mask broken, and the SC rescue came, and that they were retrieved from the drink, despite their pride of not wanting to be saved, because these guys were pretty tough guys, early 20s, sailed from England to South Africa, bought a boat, anyway, it's a story, 
ended up floating out in the drink off the coast of South Africa, air sea rescue, two helicopters coming, no, go away, go away, we're fine, we're fine, go away. And they were towed back into the harbour of South Africa to the fanfare of all the news. Pictures, they made it into the headlines of Australia and these guys were crestfallen, these guys were really humbled by that whole experience. Salvation is very dramatic, it's a rescue. Salvation is not just oh, give my life to Jesus and, and just live with good intentions towards him. It's, it's, you've been translated from darkness into light and you've been set free from the bondage of sin, sin and, and, and death and, and now you're standing in his great love and you, you, you're, you're able to walk out your days with this huge smile on your life perpetually even though you blow it and you... You, 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 you play up and whatever, but there's still that smile is upon you. And it's an awesome life. But still you can be bound if you don't ap- appropriate the truth of what Jesus has done on the cross. Jesus has done so much for us on the cross. He's liberated us, set us free. Paul says it is, uh, Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom it is for freedom that you have been set free. It is for freedom that Jesus has come. For you to be liberated in your soul, in your spirit, in your body, in your mind, to live with that great love, with forgiving people, with relinquishing what happened to you in the past. I think Dr. Karen Leaf, someone said to me, there's no excuse, even if you did get, had a bad start when you you know, started your life. You can reinvent yourself in God. Some of the greatest business people, some of the, been orphaned, left on, you know, doorsteps, hospital doorsteps, whatever. Some of those people, because they've picked themselves up and they've marched themselves on and they're living a great life. But yes, it can play on you this Stuff that we are bound to, that we are actually, you know, stuff that is on us and, and it causes us to be bound. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives. So I'll just lay a couple of scriptures in and then we'll get to three points about our freedom, what our freedom is and what it's not. Um, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. He leads us. We're always led in triumph through Christ. In Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma that brings death to the other, an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task to be able to be this expression? It is us. So people feel, you know, if you're bound and, and if you're not feeling your sense of total freedom, you're feeling inadequate, you maybe don't feel God's love. You've tried to experience this great love that Luke Boyd continually talks about, but you don't feel it. You've tried it and, and you haven't experienced it all in vain. And this reinforces your inadequacy of being this child of God, this wonderful 
child of God that God loves absolutely. And you just resign. Perhaps this is the way I am. Perhaps I must live with these problems. Amen? Can you sympathize with that, that people actually get to that place where they say, this is, must be my lot, this is who I am, I will have to accept this as my lot in life, that I am not totally set free. The Bible talks about, Romans 8.21, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to, de- uh, to decay and brought into the freedom, this is us, freedom and glory of the children of God. It's like this glorious liberty of the sons of God. It actually says, if we tease out those scriptures around that portion of scripture, it says all creation is groaning with anticipation for the sons of glory to arise. Creation is groaning, it's buckling under the weight of sin and the planet that's been corrupted by sin. But then it says, you are groaning. But then it says, the spirit in you is groaning. I know Matt has a heart for the church to be the church. You want to see miracles. You want to see great stuff. You want to see the church be the church. Amen. I have that dream too. And it's like a groan within you. We're not happy with the way things are completely. Amen. We'd love the church to be much more than what it is. But it's up to you and I, not just the pastor. Oh, that church, that pastor. Well, hang on. Let's stop criticizing and let's get in on helping the church, building the church loving the church, not criticizing the church, and seeing because we groan too with anticipation for the sons of glory to arise into true freedom. Amen? The New Testament makes it clear if we're not experiencing freedom, it may be because we don't know the truth of what God has done for us in Jesus We cannot believe that Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross. If our knowledge, understanding, and faith are limited, we can only experience a limited freedom. Jesus affirms that it is the truth itself that sets us free. Psalm 145 verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. If you be honest with God, if you be honest with yourself, If you be honest with God, honest with yourself, honest with God, honest with the people around you, man, you can make a lot of headway like that. That's a powerful thing. God, I'm coming to you honestly. Now, I'm being really honest. With my heart, there's a scripture uh, that talks about the king that seemingly was doing good things in the Old Testament. He was doing all the right things, but his heart wasn't loyal to God. It's It's all about this deeper recesses of your life. It's about your heart condition before God. That's where we're set free. We're not set free by what we wear, by what we project as an outward form. We are set free from our heart. There's probably more third world people that are set free than probably we are in the Western world, amen? Although they don't look like it, but they are. God, I believe God's speaking to the church. He wants the church to be set free. Glorious liberty. And that's the heart of this message. Isaiah 9, 6 says, Christ Jesus as the wonderful counselor. So God, son, came. He's the word. The word is the truth. He is the truth. The, the truth, the life and the way. He came as the light to speak into the spiritual darkness of this planet, of this world. Jesus came and whoever believes in him and 
unfortunately, the religious leaders of the day didn't believe in him. They thought, no, we, we got to stay with the system, with all this religion. The Pharisees said, we need to stay with this system. And we are, we are doing that. We are doing all this pomp and ceremony. We are jumping through all these hoops. We are doing all these sacrifices, all these ceremonies. We're doing this. Who's this mad person, Jesus, that says we can be set free by believing in his salvation? But you know what? The human heart has a propensity to want to jump through hoops. There's a lot of religions on the planet that subscribe to works. Working your way to salvation. And this is, this is where we've got to be careful that we don't get, that, that we don't stop short of receiving the salvation that God has for us. In Him, the truth will set you free and washing up into just a form of godliness, but denying the power therein. Amen? That you look like a Christian, you carry a Bible. That you come to church, but it's denying the power of the truth setting you free in your human heart. That you actually do love your brother and sister. You do love your mum and dad. And if you do, that your days will be long in the land. I highly recommend, I don't care what your parents have done, you need to honour your mum and dad, amen? You need to do that right now. You just take stock of the situation and I don't care what they've done. And what, you, know, you need to honour them. Because if, if you don't, it's not going to go well with you. So Jesus is teaching this just, just straight up message. He didn't preach a soft message. He said, repent. Repent. Believe. Have faith. Matthew seven thirteen. It actually says, enter through the narrow gate. He says, yeah, you've got choices. But your choices should honor God, honor others, and honor yourself. I said, you got choices. Your freedom allows you to have choices, but it's choices to honor God, honor others, and honor yourself. Matthew 7, 13, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, many enter through it, but small is the gate, narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. He wanted to set people free but still, there was, and he's not restricting your life, but there's parameters. You can't run amok on the planet, and you can't use your salvation to indulge in flesh and to hurt others and to, be you know, to stand on ceremony because you're, a, because you're a Christian and hurt people. I'm going to talk about that in a moment because Paul says truly what our freedom is. John 8, 31, Jesus is speaking to these religious people, to the Jews who had believed in him. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. So it's about the word of God. It's, it's about receiving the truth, the word. It's about receiving Jesus and what he says about you personally. Yeah, but I read my Bible. No, it's about what Jesus says about you personally. The truth about you and him collectively will set you free. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. That's why you've got to know the word of God, guys. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. This is the Pharisees kick back now. They're saying, hang on, hang on. We're, 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 we're doing the Old Testament. We're doing the law here. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free. Jesus replied, very verily, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. 
And that is, he's, he's declaring a spiritual condition of humanity. He's saying, even though you're abiding with the law of God, the Old Testament, you're still pulling up way short. Because even if you do one fraction of a sin, that's it. You're a slave to sin. And that's why we needed Jesus, amen? Jesus paid that price. He gave his life so that we then can have his righteousness and stand in his righteousness and live this fantastic life. We don't have to appease the law, but the law is fulfilled only by the love of God. The Bible says if we love God, love others, that we will fulfill the whole law, amen? This is an amazing thing. That if we, the law is still there, but the law is powerless to help us and was powerless to really bless people in the Old Testament because the flesh was weak and it could not appease the law to the nth degree. See, the law has to be to the nth degree. It, it, it can't be, have gray areas. You've you got to fulfill the law. Nobody could do that, amen? But Jesus did when he went to the cross. He fulfilled the law so that you can live under the blessings of the law, which is still there. Jesus died on the cross, fulfilled the law, and now you receive that under your life and you are blessed. But it's freedom. This, and then they were spying on the believers, they say. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 2 that they were actually the Jews that were adhering to all this religion and all these ceremonies, 600, 600 laws they'd made up, not only the Ten Commandments, but 600 rules they'd made up that they were adhering. How, how would you like that? How would you like to have that as a religion? Yeah, it's, it's, Jesus said, hang on, hang on. Father God says, hang on, I'm sending my son. I'm, I'm going I'm to deal with this. I'm going to send my son, who is perfect in every way, but he's going to take on the sins of the world. He's going to pay for this law. He's going to pay for this sin. He's going to the cross. And he's going to fulfill that righteous standard that whoever believes in him shall live in that righteous standard, that shall have been justified then, being able to absolutely be able to hold their head up. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. One of the key things you'll find with unsaved people is that they do have a bit of a cringe factor to God. They, I call it ducking and weaving maybe. Especially with the name of Jesus, where the Bible says it's a rock of offense. You can mention God at your workplace. You can mention God to your unsaved friends, but it's when you mention Jesus because Jesus is the one who paid the price. And Jesus paid the price personally for them. And they would say, I didn't ask him to pay that price. I didn't ask him to pay that price of, of, for my life. So it's the name of Jesus that's a rock of offense. They trip over that. But Jesus... He lovingly is offering this gift to all our friends to release them from the bondage of sin and death. That they, The Bible says they're actually slaves. They're slaves and they're bound, going this way, going south. They might be smiling and waving at you, but the Bible says spiritually, there's a spiritual law on the planet that says they are bound. It's a predicament that you won't understand unless you receive it 
by your spirit. In your mind, your mind will be offended with God. How dare God put me in this predicament? I'm a good person. I don't deserve to go to hell. I don't deserve to go to be bound to sin. God says, this is the state of the planet. This is the state of the affairs on this planet. This planet was supposed to be perfect. This planet was supposed to be ruled by God. Man in the beginning abdicated from God's leadership, God's rule. Humanity decided it wanted to do its own thing and go this way. Go away from God, turn their back on God. Jesus came and and man has a propensity to do that. He's actually bound. The Bible says that that they are bound. They can't help themselves being unforgiving. I I could see this guy as I'm talking to him. It was like, I don't want to be unforgiving to my dad. As I'm bringing out the sentiments of who his dad was. He said, your dad, I know him. He's a good guy. Man, that's such a shame you feel like that about him. I could see this strong bloke breaking down. And he's looking at me saying, yeah, 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 you know, you're right. I should love. I could see he wasn't saying that to me, but I could actually feel it and sense that he was saying, you're right, you know. I I should love my dad. And Why can't I love my dad? It's an injustice why I can't love. Then he started to realize that he was entrapped, that he was stuck in this predicament where he honestly did want to love his dad but he couldn't he was bound he was bound by this sin nature that holds grudges but you know what it is for freedom that Christ has set us free and as I'm standing talking to him I said this is working he's getting set free to love his dad and he's not even saved yet And you know what? After 40 minutes, he left. He left me and and, and virtually said, you know what? I might try it a different way. Because I said, you know, love breaks through. Love breaks through. And I said, your dad is a product of your grandfather. Your dad is a product of the world. And, And because of that, you should forgive him. Father, they know not what they do. Your mates that hurt you, your mates that have, you know, dispositions. For goodness sake, you're set free. You can forgive them. You don't have to be, you don't have to fall into that to be bound again. Do not be bound. Can I have that? Uh, Galatians 5.1, I'm nearly done. 5.1. Let's read this because my time is gone. So Paul is dropping into Galatians this constantly. You've been set free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. What's the yoke of slavery? That could be sin or that could be, don't get bound by, by religiousness. Be set free to love God, know God, experience God. Okay, let's continue on. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves, and he talks about, get, keep going, talks about if you, you try and do the law again. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. Okay, so there's a warning there about going back to religion. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Grace is there, right there for you right now. For through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, 
we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The old thing that counts, the, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. As Luke keeps saying, it's the love for God that allows us to live in this freedom that we have. Once you shrink back, once your love go, grows cold, you shrink back into bondage. So for in Christ, yep, you were running it, yep, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Who cut in on you to get offended? Who cut in on you to, to, to pull back from this grace of God that allows you to be set free? Yeah. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. That means from God. It doesn't come from God. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Boom. You receive a little bit of this stuff, this unrighteous stuff, this offended heart, whatever. That's why we're going to go into the next series about being detoxed. You let a little bit of this, it will take over your whole life. You let a little bit of unforgiveness to come into your life, it'll take over your whole life. And it'll affect your friends. And it'll affect your family, your children, your everyone. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. That's Satan. Brothers and sisters, if I'm still preaching circumcision, if I'm preaching religion, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Again, he's talking about people who love religion. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, C3 Tugra. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Okay, so we're not under the law. Just stop there. We're not under the law. And people say, man, I'm saved. You don't have to even do the Ten Commandments. You don't have to even do nothing, man. You're just saved and it's awesome. No, that Paul's saying, hey, that doesn't give you license to indulge in the flesh. That doesn't give you indulgence to run amok and do whatever you want. It just doesn't. The law is being fulfilled and through love, the law is fulfilled and if, that, and if that law is fulfilled, it's about loving God, loving your neighbor, loving yourself. So we don't use our privilege of being saved to, it says here, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. Serve, it's about, we're set free from what? We're set free from selfishness. We're set free to love others. Yes, continue. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Continue. There it is. If you bite and devour each other, so we're, we're set free from hurting each other, biting and devouring each other. We're set free. Watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So... It doesn't give you right because you're not under the law, because you're living under this grace zone that you can hurt people and injure people. It's not. Yes, continue. So I say, here it is, boom. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if we walk by the Spirit in our daily life, any, anything we choose to do, any action, any think 
we do, if we're led by the Spirit, if we walk, walk means in your daily life. I say, walk, do your daily life by the Spirit. And if, this is the key. Now, hang on, here it is. God can only lead you by the Spirit if, if you have the Word of God in you. That's how God gets to you. The Word of God is the antenna for God to get to you so that He can lead you. If there's no Word in you, if there's no, if there's no Word, the vehicle of this Word will not be able to lead you on. He won't be able to speak. You won't be able to understand what God's saying. You won't be able to understand His promptings. You won't be able to understand what He's saying to you and all those decisions you've got to make. You need the Word of God. If you're saturated with the Word of God, if you receive the Word of God, it's then when God can speak to you more. It's then when you can understand and then He can lead you by the Spirit and then you can make, and then you can love. And then He can say to you things like, you need to forgive them. You need to love them. You need to bless them, not to curse them. So we've been set free from what? Indulging in the flesh. We've been set free not to hurt people. This is what Paul was saying. You've been set free not to be a Pharisee, not to be judgmental and critical. You've been set free to love people, no matter what their station in life is, no matter if they're a whatever, whoever, no matter if they're a tax collector, a sinner, or you know the worst type of person. You've been set free to love those people. That's the freedom that this whole series is about. You've been set free to love the person that reminds you of who hurt you in school. That girlfriend that hurt you in school. God can set you free to love someone just like her in the future of your life. Amen? Not say, ah, I, I, got, I got your number, yeah. You remind me of my other friend, yeah. Right. No, you can love anyone, everyone, come what may. You can love God. You can love. You can love. And that's where you've been set free to love unconditionally anyone, especially your mum and dad, especially your brothers and sisters, especially all your relatives, especially your church, to love and to serve them. Yesterday at the wedding, Katrina, you would have been so proud. Lisa was there on the keyboard and, and, and Doug was on the guitar and others were serving, serving, serving. This is an awesome thing. Let's all stand, God bless you. What are we set free from? To indulge the flesh. What are we set free from? From hurting each other. What are we set free from? The law. The law, but we're set free to love and to abide in God through the Word of God. enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.